Hey, welcome to Let's Talk with your host, Kelvin Newkirk Jr. Listen, I'm so excited you're here. And let me tell you, this is the perfect podcast for you. Because on this podcast, we're going to have honest, open, and biblical conversations about things people love to talk about. Also about things people hate to talk about. So with that being said, let's hop into it. And once again, I'm so happy to have you here and welcome to the very first episode of Let's Talk. This podcast wasn't originally intended to be a podcast. Let's Talk was scheduled to be a prayer group at one time. It was scheduled to be a Bible study group at one time. It was even scheduled to be a Christian fellowship group. But after much deliberation, seeking out good counsel by the big influences in my life and a lot of prayer, we are here right now. And this podcast format today is going to be a little different because for this episode, you're joining me for a Q&A with your host. And the reason why I decided for the very first episode to be a Q&A is because I think that it is important to know who you're listening to before you hear what they have to say. I believe that our society struggles with introducing their beliefs and opinions without introducing the origin of where their view, where their views and opinions come from. Uh, there's many conversations that don't stick, misunderstandings that are amplified, and teachings that go unheard of because of the opinion being prioritized over the origin. So hopefully with me, you don't have that problem because I want you to know who I am first. Before you ever hear what's on my mind, I want you to hear what's coming from my heart first. And whether you agree with me or whether you don't agree with me, you will hear my heart more than you hear my mind. So with that being said, over these past few weeks, I wanted questions and I got questions and they were all amazing questions. And these questions are coming from my different social media platforms. So with that being said, let's get started. So with the first question, it says, who has been your greatest influence in your spiritual life apart from God? So who's been the greatest person of influence in your spiritual life? Um, and I personally believe that there are a group of influences in my spiritual life, um, starting with my great grandfather, right? He's like the top greatest influence in my life. Growing up, my father wasn't around uh, much of my life, and I never really missed out on having a father figure, though, um, in my life because of my great grandfather. And he taught me so much, not only through his words, but through his life and his actions. And if I had notes on every silent sermon that he preached, I would probably have hundreds of notebooks full of notes. Honestly, he taught me so much about leadership, discipleship, which is following someone and being taught by someone as they follow Christ themselves and seeing God in everyone and showing the love of God to everyone. Um, and I'm entirely thankful for that. Like he's the real MVP and he was the real MVP <laughs> uh, while he was living. Rest his soul. He passed away earlier this year in January. Um, but yeah, I'm entirely thankful for him. And I think that I really lucked out and I was really blessed to have a man like him in my life. Uh, moving on to the next uh, person or people of influence in my life would be my church leadership and church family. So we're going to start with my church leadership first. And we're going to start with my pastor, uh, which is Jake Corkin. And uh, he isn't going to like this very much because he's not a public recognition type of person. 
Uh, but I honestly and personally believe that he's one of the best communicators of the gospel um, I've met this far in my life. And I'm not just pulling his leg. I'm not blowing smoke. Um, uh, I, I honestly believe that he's an awesome mentor, a friend, and he's a wonderful pastor and a great leader. And he says the example of what a great leader is supposed to be and how a great leader is supposed to lead others and be um, Clark Kent and not Superman. I think that a lot of times in leadership, we feel that we have to be this huge Superman person, right? But he's authentic. And I think that that's the key to leadership is just being authentic, showing people that, hey, I'm not Superman all the time. There's moments where I'm Clark Kent. And likewise, uh, in the moments that I'm Clark Kent, I'm building myself up. So when I'm Superman, I'm able to actually uh, execute what I'm supposed to execute the right way and the most effective way. And I think he does that. Um, I think he executes um, leading and leadership um, the best. Uh, I, I haven't seen anyone that's done it better than him so far in my life. So I'm highly thankful for that. Um, next, I want to talk about my church family. Um, I may be biased, but I believe that my church, Seastone Church, is the best church anyone can ever visit. Um, my church is in New Bern, North Carolina. That's where we're located, or over the bridge in James City, near the airport if you need landmarks. But my church has played an amazing part in my spiritual growth when it comes to being in small groups and different ministries and uh, being involved in a church that really serves the community and that really treats each other like family is awesome. I mean, that's our motto, right? Whole church, whole family, serving the whole community. And I couldn't ask for a better church family to go to or a better church family to be a part of other than my church family. So those are the two greatest scopes of influence in my life, um, other than God, of course. Um, so with that being said, let's move on to the next question. Question number two, and it says, what would you say is the most important thing about having a relationship with God and why? Uh, this is a really tricky question for me. This is also a question that I had the most trouble um, preparing to answer. Um, so I'm going to be real with you. I'm actually, this isn't all the way scripted, but I am reading from an outline. And basically, um, <laughs> I really needed an outline for this specific question because I want to make it stick that I personally believe that the most important thing about having a relationship with God would be love um, in general. And the only reason why I say that is because God is the original architect of what we see as love, right? I mean, he loved us first before we ever could love him back. And uh, in this specific answer, I want to focus more so on the love of God rather than the love that we show God. So I want to be really, really um, specific on, I'm really, really meticulous on how I answer this question. So I personally believe that love is the most important component in having a relationship with God, like I said earlier. And without love, there's no chance in having a relationship with God through Jesus, right? Through love, there's relationship, there's grace, there's accountability, but ultimately there is the relationship piece of it. Um, and that's why I want to focus on the love of God. That's why I want to focus on the, the love that God shows us first, because he loves us even though sometimes we don't show love to him. And he loves the people that even don't love him. He loves the people that curse him. And that's why I think love is so important about having a relationship with God. And that's why I think love is the most important component is because you can't do anything 
if there's no love in it. Um, if you know me and if you've been following me on my different social media platforms, I facilitate at my church on Sundays. Um, and more, I talk more so about giving and I talk more so about tithes and offering and stuff like that, just because that's sort of the prompt that I'm going by or that I give myself to, um, speak and to give different teachings on. However, I think that it works the same way in different areas and different scopes of life because um, you're not just spiritual in one area of your life. Every area of your life um, is spiritually influenced. Um, I just have the privilege to talk about finances, but even if Pastor Jake, my pastor, was preaching on a regular Sunday morning, I mean, he wouldn't deny the fact that intentionality determines your actions, right? And it determines how your actions are perceived. So your attitude always affects your actions. And so that's why love is so important is because everything that we do um, and everything that God does for us is revolved or should be evolved around love, right? We know that on the end of what God does for us, there's a love aspect. Um, and what we should do for God is show that love back. So like in our worship, we show love back. Um, in our serving, we show love back. And by showing love to other people also, we're showing love to God because we're showing love to God's creation, right? And so it even says in the scriptures, in the word, that what we do to other people, we do to Jesus. Um, he taught about that and he spoke about that specifically. So that's why I think love is the most important aspect of our relationship with God or me personally. That's my personal belief. Um, if you disagree with me, that's 100% fine. If you agree with me, that's 100% fine. But that's just my take on that specifically. Um, and I hope I answered that the right way. I hope I answered it. <laughs> Uh, for whoever asks, I hope I answered it in the effective way. And I'm quite sure if I did or if I didn't, I'm quite sure that person will let me know. So with that being said, let's go to the next question. And it says, are you still looking to be a chaplain or did that career choice change for you? So let me give you a little backstory on this question specifically. Um, let's see. Huh, how can I think of this? How can I think of giving this background or this backstory? The right way. Uh, so basically, um, probably from the seventh grade till now, um, I wanted to join the military. Um, and I wanted to specifically join the Air Force. And I wanted to be a lawyer in the Air Force. Um, so I want to be a commissioned officer. Uh, and that was always a huge career choice I thought I would end up making after school. However, plans changed. Uh, I'm obviously. I'm not going to school to be a lawyer anymore. Um, that's not in my um, windshield. That's in my rearview mirror. Now that's behind me. And so now I'm looking to um, preaching the word of God and becoming a preacher and becoming an ordained minister. And so um, my plans changed. I wanted to end up becoming a chaplain in the United States Air Force. Um, but ultimately, I'm just following God's purpose and plan for my life. Um, I know that sounds so cliche, but it's true. I mean, that's that's the only thing I really can do. I mean, especially when you know you have a calling in your life um, so early in your life. Like, I think I lucked out with that. I think I lucked out by knowing the calling that I had in my life early in my life. And so I think that now, um, instead of me um, basically choosing, trying to make a calling out of my career, I can build my career around my calling and I can build a career around the thing and the purpose that God has for my life. And I think that's ultimately how I become successful. Um, 
And so who knows what God has in store? I'm excited for it. Um, I know the person that asked this question specifically is excited for it. So um, as we go along with this journey, let's see. And I'm also going to speak about that later on about, you know, finding your purpose, because I think that um, purpose is really, really important. I think that that's really where a lot of people get stuck in their Christian walk is they get to the point where they get saved and they get to the point where they start building these biblical principles in their life, but they really don't know what God's purpose is for their life. I know people who have been Christians for 30, 40 plus years, and they still don't know what their purpose is. So I think that's one of the um, words that we throw around a lot in the Christian community is purpose and plans and stuff like that. But um, hopefully I can get the right people on this show who can actually talk or on this podcast, who can actually speak um, about purpose in the right way and ultimately lead um, some of you into figuring out what your purpose is and narrowing that road down for you. So I'm excited for that also. So with that being said, um, ultimately, I'm just following God's plan and purpose for my life. So that was my answer for question number three. Let's move on to question number four. This question is going to get me in a little bit of trouble. And it says, who do you love the most in this whole wide world? Um, I know who asked this question. And I feel like this person asked this question, so I would get in trouble. Um, But the super spiritual answer would be God, of course. Um, But in all seriousness, um, I do love God more than anything else. I know um, that sounds so sacrilegious of me, right? Um, But I do. I do. I love God more than anything else. Um, But I also love my mother and my great-grandmother. And... (laughs) And I honestly love those two people to death. Um, if there was a hierarchy uh, system, it would be number one, God first. Um, number two, my mother and my grandmother. Um, and number three, my other family and uh, some of the closest friends in my life. Um, Mom and grandma, they had to make the cut as like the as like number two. Um, number one is stamped. Uh, number two is stamped also. Number three is stamped too. Uh, but you know, mom and grandma, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. And a lot of people can't get mad um, at me for mama and grandma. So those are um, my two road dogs, man. Uh, my mother, uh, we learned how to literally survive together um, because um, we found ourselves fighting for our lives at the same time. Um, basically, I was born um, a little bit earlier than my due date. Uh I was a little undercooked in that of coming out the oven. And uh um yeah, so I had to fight. I had to fight and she had to fight um to stay alive to be able to be with me now. So I'm entirely grateful for her sacrifices and the thing that she gave up um to be the awesome mother that she is now. And my grandmother also, because she equally spent just as much time taking care of me because when I um when I uh, after my birth, basically, my mother was really, really sick. And so um, she kind of had to get on her road to recovery, too. So my grandmother stepped in and my great grandfather stepped in also. And uh, they really um, did an awesome job in taking care of me and stuff like that. I'm not malnourished now. Um, I, there's nothing wrong with me now um, unless it's self-inflicted. So so I'm really thankful for that. Um, so, yeah, those are my two road dogs. And they feed me. They keep me well fed. And. They make awesome mac and cheese and been in the pudding. So I can't go wrong with that. Love you, mom and grandma. Uh, so that was my answer for the fourth question. Uh, so moving on to question number five, it says, when did you first begin your walk of faith and how did you go about it? Um, 
So this is going to be the longest uh, question. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this because this is a awesome question. Um, and I think this deserves a more in-depth answer um, because I think that um, what I'm going to say, um, according to religion, is going to be a little bit um, against the grain a little bit. So I'm going to go into that. So when did I begin my first walk? Well, when did I begin... When did I first begin my walk? Um, I always lived around people who were in ministry. Uh, so I grew up in church and I even knew that my calling and my purpose was to teach or to preach. Um, but there was one specific time uh, that I remember and I was eight years old. Um, I was eight years old and I came to the realization that all of the other Christian influences in my life had something that I didn't. And they had something different from the non-Christian influences in my life. Um, and it was an unexplainable amount of love, joy, peace. Um, they were, they were displaying behaviors that were contrary to the circumstances that were happening around them. So to the, to the circumstances that they were placed in, but to the circumstances that they found themselves in, their behaviors and their attitude towards that situation was different than um what I guess what the what what people would expect generally from someone to be in those situations and those circumstances that they were in. Um so I noticed something was different. I automatically became curious to why um they were acting different than what I saw in other areas and in other scopes of influence in my life. And so I knew that they had something different. And that I had to pursue that. And so that's when I first began my walk of faith. So that's when I first officially gave my life to Christ. Um, I had been speaking. Um, I did my first like speaking engagement, whatever. I was like six years old. Um, I still remember what I talked about. And it's actually, I did, I did the speaking or the sermon or whatever it was um, in the cafeteria of the high school that I graduated from which was Jacksonville High School. But I remember the sermon topic and it was called Get It Right and the and the and basically the premise of what I was talking about or to give you a little synopsis of what I was saying in that sermon or a summary or whatever, it would be that I, I basically talked about putting your best foot forward for God, right? Whatever you do, whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all that might, right? From the King James Version. I was reading from the King James Version at six years old. Wow. <laughs> Something else. But uh, but yeah, so that's when I did my first speaking engagement. So I knew there was something on me, like there was something in me, um, but I knew there was something in me, but I didn't know what it was. And I knew there was something tugging on my heart, but I didn't know what it was. So I was preaching about someone that I thought I knew about, but when I got older, Obviously, when I came to the to the realization that, hey, um, I really need to get to know this person that I've been speaking about for um, for a few years of my life. Um, and so that's when I decided to do it. Um, and the most important answer I'm going to give you really is the second part of this question. Um, and that's how did you go about it? Um, and I think this is the awesome part of the question is because this is the part I believe that um, or that I'm coming to the realization of that a lot of um people in the Christian faith struggle with as a whole. Um, both on actually recognizing this in other people, helping them go about their walk, and also um also just just not being given the resources 
or not really being shown the attention that they need to be able to step up in their faith, to be able to actually level up in their faith walk. Um, and the only reason why I say that is because I'm going through a program now at my church and it's called a discipleship program. And basically what we're learning how to do is to recognize where we are in our faith walk so that we can grow spiritually and to recognize where other people are in their faith walk so we can witness to them, so we can speak to them, and so we can actually help them build on their faith. Because, you know, while in the world we see success as the prosperity, like the, you know, prosperity for the worldly view is, you know, is is monetary gain, is um, is is influential gain. Like how much, how much do I influence others? Right. And how much, you know, do I make? Right. And how famous can I get? And how much wealth can I acquire? Um, however, kingdom wealth and kingdom prosperity is a little bit differently. So in the Christian realm of prosperity, um, what that really is is souls, right? Like how many people are you influencing and leading to Christ? Right, because Jesus is the only one who can save. However, it's our responsibility to go out and to preach the gospel to different people in different areas. That's the last thing that Jesus commanded for us to do. Is like all of us, like as the like in the Christian faith, is to go out and to it's called the Great Commission to go out and to basically preach the gospel, um, to baptize people, to 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 basically lead people back to Him, lead people back home. Right. Um, so that's why I think we struggle a lot with this is because we don't understand what that means. Like, you know, a lot of people throw that phrase around and throw that scripture around and hoop and holler about it, especially in the environment that I grew up in. I grew up in an environment where we hoop and holler about these type of things, but we turn the very people away that really, really need to be led to Christ the most or really, really just don't know or are ignorant to how to level up in their faith. And so, you know, so if I'm if I've been a Christian for 50, 60 years and I've been leveling up and I've been leveling up in my faith on my own, it's time for me now to look at someone else and identify where they are in their walk. But sadly, um, in some of the environments that I grew up in myself, um, it didn't work that way. Instead of instead of correction, it was a lot of condemnation. And so it's cool. You can have correction without condemnation. Right. Condemnation leads people away. Correction is built through relationship, right? So as I build a relationship with you, as I start to build with you, as I start to connect with you, I'm able to say, hey, I'm able to help you change your habits. I'm able to help you change your mindsets and your thought processes for the for the good, obviously. But I think that that's where we struggle at a lot. So this is actually going to lead into the uh, conclusion of this episode of Let's Talk too. Uh, so luckily for me, like I said before, I had influences in my life that were believers um, and constantly and consistently focused on ways to build me up as a believer. So I wouldn't be stagnant in my walk um, with faith. So like I said before, I was lucky enough to be raised by people who were in ministry already. So who were in church already, who were serving in church already and stuff like that. So as you start to make things a habit, you start to love it, right? Nobody loves going to the gym the first three days they commit to go to the gym, right? But after three months, they kind of fall in love with the gym, right? They may not all the way fully love it, 
but they are fully committed into it by then. Um, it only takes 21 days to build a habit. And so one thing that I realized with my great grandfather and my great grandmother, because they were the two that really got me into ministry is that, um, they didn't necessarily make me, um, <laughs> be a part of ministry, but they kind of made me be a part of ministry, if that makes sense. Um, they never dragged me. Um, but they made it known how important it was to be in ministry and to serve people. And so, um, as I started serving more and more and more, um, I got into the habit of serving. So, you know, it just felt weird not to serve people. It just felt weird not to, not to see what I could do to help out, um, to help out whoever was in ministry at that time or whoever needed help at that time. Um, whether it was waking up early, going to a church to make sure the AC or the heat was on or staying later on in the day and helping break down after after all the festivities and stuff like that. Um, so like I said before, lucky for me, I had influences in my life that were believers and that focused on ways to build me up. Um, but even now in my life and even in my spiritual life, it's important to stick by a group of believers who will continue to build me up and hold me accountable because I'm still walking this thing out. Like, you know, like that's one thing that is really, really um, crucial and cool about um, my walk with Christ and about leading other people to Christ and about walking out your faith with other people um, by walking beside people and making sure that you hold them accountable and making sure that they hold you accountable. And the cool thing about that really to me is the fact that um, we're all still walking this thing out, whether you're 90 years old and you've been a Christian for 70 plus years or whether you're 10 years old and been a Christian for only two years, or you just became a Christian, or whether you're 60 years old or just became a Christian, like all of us are still walking our faith out and it won't be complete. Uh, you know, our, our walk of faith won't all the way be complete until we finish the race, until we end up um, getting in heaven. So, you know, so that's the cool thing. So that means that there's always work to be done, right? And I think the best way to walk this walk of faith out is not by ourselves because we were not made to do life by ourselves. We were not made to do life by ourselves. And this always imperative and important to have influences and in other believers who will help you on your journey. It is so important to have other people and to have relationship with other people because it would make sense to, you know, to build yourself up and keep trying to find influences in the hell that you just came from, right? Like, let's say somebody just got saved, right? Let's say all hell is breaking loose in their house. Let's say all craziness is breaking loose in their house, right? Let's say all of this, just everything's just going crazy and everything's not working out for them, right? Let's say they end up getting saved and end up getting into community, they will thrive more in that community of believers, the right community of believers that will hold them accountable and say, hey, you know, I see where I see where you're going. I see what happened because I've been through that, too. Hey, man, how about how about we go to lunch, man? Let's talk. Let's discuss this, man. Let me give you some scriptures that encourage you. Let me pray with you, man, because you look like you just need it today, man. Or let me give you this encouragement because I feel like you would need it today because I've been exactly where you've been before. That's There's so much strength in that because if they keep going back to the hell, because that hell's still there. 
So they keep going back to that area and that scope of influence and stuff like that. If you don't influence them in the right way, somebody's going to come along and influence them in the wrong way because they're new, they're fresh, right? So they still, you know, it's probably so confusing for them because, you know, because they're, they see this hope and they see all this stuff is within reach, but they still have where they came from tugging back on them. And so if, if you're never, if you're not able to get a few others and grab them and pull them from what's tugging them, trying to bring them back into where they came from, at the end of the day, what was pulling them back will usually win. And so, you know, you don't, so when you play that game of tug of war, you want to be able to have a relationship with other people so that they're able to pull you out of where you came from. And so that's an awesome thing. And so that's the cool thing is that everybody's journey is different. But we all can relate on one thing, and that's Jesus Christ all died for each and every one of us for all of our sins so that we may have everlasting life, right? And as long as that's the relatability piece, as long as we can all relate on that, we all have some something that we can all grasp and hold on to. We all have a hope that brings us all together. And so with that being said, my goal ultimately is to help be someone in your life who influences you in the right way. Right. You may not be able to meet me in person. You may not see me in person, but you'll be able to see what I talk about and see what I teach about and hopefully gain something from that. And hopefully, um, hopefully that you're able to pull from the authentic, the authenticity that I'm going to bring, because I want to be authentic. Like I want to be as raw and as real as I can in a respectful and a reverent way, of course. But I want to be very real with you on this platform. Like I don't want to be on this platform just to show that I know all this Christianese and all this religious stuff because I don't. Right? Like like I've been, like I could be religious with the best of them, but that's not what I'm here for. I think honestly I was called to this platform because I need to grow myself. Um I need to grow myself and so basically we're all in this journey together and we're all going to grow together. Right? So with that being said, I want to be an influence in your life. And, you know, as we start to communicate and as I start to get feedback from you, hopefully you can be someone who influences me also, right? So that would be awesome. I would really appreciate that. And I can't wait to walk out this journey that we're going to walk out together. So once again, I thank you for joining me on this episode of Let's Talk with your host, Kelvin Newkirk Jr. With that being said, I see you next time or better yet, I will talk to you next time. Because there's no video, it's all audio. So that being said, you take care and I'll see you again. Or you will hear from me again. I don't know why I keep thinking that it's some type of audio. But with that being said, 